here with Amy Riel. Amy, welcome to the Ward family. Thank you. And Amy, to get us started here, where did you grow up? So I grew up a lot in Orem, Utah. Um, I was born in Provo. I was a BYU baby. And then my parents actually moved, I think, to Arizona for, I want to say, three to four years, and then back to Orem, and that's where my dad worked for quite a while. But when I was 13, I moved to California, actually to Livermore randomly for about a year, and then to Colorado. So I went to all of the end of junior high and all of high school in Colorado. So a lot of times I will say I'm from Colorado because people tend to want to know kind of where you came into yourself, and that's where I felt like that happened. But my younger childhood was spent in Utah. So. Got it. And I moved around a fair amount as a kid. Not always the easiest experience, <laughs> but what was that like for you? Did did you kind of like being in all these different places, or was it kind of hard making new friends and that kind of thing? You know, it was a tremendous challenge, to be honest, in my young life. It was something that I certainly didn't want, especially that like junior high 13-year-old move when that started kind of going down. It was terribly uncomfortable for me because I you know I'd done so much of like elementary school in the same place and um, so many of my younger years I had some really solid friendships and people that I was really close to and connected to and so to kind of leave those at a really integral stage in my development was um, super challenging in hindsight I really do appreciate having lived a lot of places and I have to say that I do think that that was actually the beginning of the evolution of kind of the roots of my testimony one of my first experiences with the scriptures and really connecting with what was written in the scriptures came when I was 13 and my parents had told us that it was for sure this move to California that my dad had accepted an offer there and that we'd be leaving everything that I knew and loved and I remember going into my room and just feeling devastated but having this kind of experience of Venus where he said the words of my father kind of like worked on my soul and I had that moment where I was like yeah, I remember, you know, they, my mom kept saying, turn to the scriptures, turn to the scriptures. So I did, I opened them and I don't remember the scripture. I don't remember what it was, I, but I do remember that it brought me great comfort. And I felt so seen in that moment. And that was one of the first times that I had had an experience like that. And it's been something that has been a tremendous part of my life ever since is kind of turning to the scriptures for answers. But so that was really significant for me just feeling like I at least wasn't alone going forward through all of those moves um but then I had some really rough experiences as an eighth grader when I moved so we moved to California we were there for about like I think nine months and then we moved again you people can everyone can understand California culture my dad couldn't stand the commute he was working in thinking San Jose and commuting from Livermore and it was just not working anymore and so they moved again to just outside of Boulder Colorado and I was kind of, I was whatever because I hadn't made any deep enough friendships or connections in that first move to make it a big problem for me to transition again. But the new place was really challenging. I just got, I had some challenges with kind of some bullying things that happened. And that was another experience where I really had to like dig in deep and figure out who I was and, and to find the Lord, I think, find the fact that I wasn't alone in a place and an environment and a time that I felt very isolated and lonely. So while moving was super hard, I also really attribute it or credit it with who I am now. And I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for those challenges. Some similar experiences with moving in terms of hard at the time. But when I look back, I feel like maybe it's made me a little bit more adaptable or maybe able to overcome certain types of challenges that I 
maybe wouldn't have otherwise had I not experienced those as a kid. And so uh, in terms of uh, those childhood years, are there were there certain interests or hobbies or activities that you really loved doing or certain subjects that you really enjoyed in school, that kind of thing? Yeah. So when <laughs> I was really close with my siblings, um, I have an older brother who I'm very close with still, and he and I would play a lot of imagination games. I have, he's a very creative human and always has been. So we would do a lot of just fun things together. And <laughs> one thing I remember, which has translated into a later hobby is we played something called the slap game. So we used to take, and maybe this is universal. I don't know. Apparently I learned this recently. It was actually something passed down from my great grandmother, which I did not know. Um, but we would take this Betty Crocker cake book and we'd sit in the living room with it and we'd open it. And then we'd try and slap whatever pictures of cakes were on the next page and whatever whatever picture you slapped is the one you got to eat so we do this you know long Sunday afternoons spent bored at home <laughs> we'd be slapping 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 so um I grew so I have a great love and he's actually he's a great cook and chef and baker as well but I, I developed I think a really big love of baking and of like beautiful baked goods from that experience well I don't know about that experience but that was certainly part of the evolution of that interest for me and then I was also so I've always I think I've always had like a creative kind of need to fill since I was little I just I lived a lot in my head with stories and when I got into about fifth and sixth grade I had a teacher who was just one of those you know remarkable wonderful women in my life and she kind of introduced me to writing and she really encouraged creative writing which was fun I just wrote story after story that year and I think that was the first time I ever thought about like oh I want to maybe write books like that sounds like a fun thing and then you know cue moving and high school and challenges and all these things and so I kind of that reading and um, writing kind of dropped out of my life until college well not dropped out but it wasn't as big of a part but then I rediscovered it in college. And so it's fun. Anyway, so I loved, I was always writing stories as a kid. I rarely finished anything. They were mostly stories. They, 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 were, just, they were just fun stories and fun tales of kids. Usually they were always about kids as a kid, which makes sense. But I still write about and for kids. I think that's kind of what, at the time that I developed my love of writing, I often write about those stages of, of growing up and of being a kid. So. And where did you go to school for college? So I went to BYU by the skin of my teeth. I was definitely not, that was a divine intervention that I even got in. I went summer semester, so they, it used to be that they would, they'd maybe be a little bit more lenient on letting you into the fall if you were willing to come for their summer semester and fill up their summer classes. So I was willing and was able to go that way, which was awesome. That was actually when I met AJ was that summer. So, and I studied English, it took me a very long time. Like I mentioned, I'd kind of dropped off the English train through high school and thought I would do art. And then I tried on elementary education and a lot of other majors. And then Finally, my junior year, I looked back at all of my credits and realized that I had taken enough English classes for fun to have completed a full minor, and I was only a year away from graduating with a major in it, kind of by happenstance. So I went ahead and <laughs> minted that instead, and, and not, not teaching, just specifically English with a um, minor in creative writing. So. Did I hear right that you and, so you and AJ met the summer before? Your freshman year? Yes. Leading up to the freshman year? Yeah, well, so yes. So the summer, yeah, that BYU summer before. And so did you just date 
Just through college, or, or was there kind of uh, on again, off again? Well, so we met that summer, but we did not date. We were in two different, we were in the same ward, but um, I had a roommate who was desperately in love with AJ, and he had a roommate who was asking me out a lot. So we were kind of off limits to each other, but very aware of each other. And at the end of the summer, we kind of hung out one evening, kind of our group smerged, and we talked. And I think he ended up making me a bet that... I would be married before he returned home from his mission because he was going home after that semester to go get ready um, to work for a little while before his mission and then to leave the um, that following February. So I told him, no way, that's not happening. I'm not going to, that for whatever reason, right? It was just a flirting tactic for both of us, I'm sure. So anyway, but, you know, so then, the, but that exchange, um, we exchanged emails. And so we ended up writing during um, his mission sort of, he will tell you, I wrote him maybe like four letters he wrote me religiously uh, to the point that my mother recent, like a few years ago, called me up and said she had an unopened letter that she found in my stuff from Elder Real. So he wrote me a lot. I was not great at writing back, <laughs> but, but that wonderful guilt and shame that I felt for not being as religious in writing him was what caused me to feel motivated to get back in touch with him when I heard he was back on campus. So after his mission. We got back in touch, and then that was history. We dated really fast and okay. got married, and yeah. Nice. So. And then where did things go from there after after college? So we lived, we were in Utah for about a year, finishing, I was finishing up my degree, and then we went to Missouri for his, to work on his undergrad, because it seemed like a good idea at the time. It, it was um, where he's from, and... I, I don't know, we felt really strong and like we should move out there. So we spent this crazy year living in our in-laws, the bedroom next door. I was pregnant during that year and it was a pretty emotional, crazy time. But it also was a really, that was another really challenging time that became a huge, beautiful blessing because when Jane was about six, AJ's mom passed away really suddenly and I was so, I've always been so grateful for that year I spent getting to know her because she was just a bright light in this world. She was such a wonderful human and it was really sweet that Heavenly Father had the foresight, obviously he does, but to send us to that place at that time so that I could have her as kind of this um, person in my life still, even though, because there weren't going to, there were there weren't a lot of other times we would have lived together during that next, those next six years, so... Anyway, so Missouri for a year, and then we moved back to Utah, and AJ, um, he transferred to, back to BYU, and we did hit the rest of his undergrad. So Jane was born in Missouri, and then we moved two weeks later back to Utah. We were there for three years, I think, three or four years, and then we moved to New Jersey for three years um, for his job, and then to... Utah again, it's all, Utah's always in between, <laughs> and then to the East Bay, to Utah for three years, East Bay for two years, and then we've been out here for four, so. And what was it like becoming a mom? How did that kind of transition, you know, go? Yeah, it was both so wonderful and so challenging, because <laughs> I actually, I went cold turkey, because we moved, as soon as I finished my degree, we went to Missouri, and I was pregnant, and so I didn't feel like, I knew I wanted to stay home with her, but I didn't, so I didn't have a lot of impetus to start working or find a job. So I didn't ever actually work. And that was super hard for me to go from like full throttle education to just a sudden hard stop. And I really struggled to kind of find 
my place in my world again, like as during my pregnancy. And then even as Jane came, I wasn't quite sure how to be something besides a student, honestly, <laughs> you know, that's what I've done my whole life. And, um, it was really, it was really sweet and amazing to become a parent. And I didn't know at the time how special and sacred that um, experience was going to be for me later in life. But it was so fun to have this little buddy all of a sudden that was just there through everything and with everything for me and with me and all, all of it. But, um, and so when she finally came, I started to kind of understand. I didn't know how lucky I was, I guess, to have had the impression to appreciate and enjoy Jane. Like I felt like I was given that impression early on and I felt like I, I tried hard to do that. Well, what were some of the things that you did to try to appreciate Jane? Like how did that actually manifest itself? For me, trying to be present with Jane and trying to just appreciate her sweetness and and what she brought to the world was really meaningful for me. I also feel like that was a time in my life when I felt like the Lord really helped me rediscover my interest in writing. Um, During her nap times, I would try and just take a few minutes to write down some story ideas or or start a story. I started at my first, I guess it was my second novel during um, her nap times. And that was so rewarding because it gave me this balance of being able to be present with her when she was awake and love her and play with her and enjoy her. But then when she went down for those naps to really dig into who I was and to enjoy me and my life. And so I really feel grateful. Again, I had an impression that I should just be present with her and enjoy her. And it turned out, you know, that we couldn't have kids for so long. And I was, I've just been so grateful for that counsel and that I I kind of took motherhood for granted. So when you ask about the transition, I, I just assumed that I would be, you know, that I would have a lot of kids and that they would, I would look like every kind of LDS family that I'd seen around me. And that was kind of the expectation I had for my life and for what I would experience. And it didn't happen. And I'm forever grateful. Again, the Lord, it's that, right, that foresight that he has for us, that he knows what's ahead and he knows how to counsel us in the moment, even if we don't fully understand it. So, yeah. I'm wondering just sometimes when we look in the rearview mirror, we can kind of appreciate the hand of the Lord and, you know, kind of that things have gone the way that they should, you know, even though they were really hard along the way, right? But but they're still really hard along the way. (laughs) They still really are. Right? (laughs) And in terms of that period of your life and when you think about kind of your relationship with God and things like that, did you find that? that was progressively getting stronger and stronger or was it you know hey why isn't this kind of working out the way that I thought it was going to or a little bit of both like how did how how do you feel like your faith kind of developed through that period as you were going through some of these ups and downs ebb and flow right I feel like there were times that I just knew that God was aware of me that he was there that he understood and that even the trials that had come were by divine design and intended for my good. And then there were just times where I felt fully forgotten. And I, again, that little girl, that 13 year old on her bed, (laughs) opening her scriptures and looking for comfort has, has guided me my entire life because in those times when I feel fully forgotten and they still, you know, they still come, there's so many things in life that can kind of drive us to just wonder where art thou God, where's the pavilion, right? That covers the hiding place. Like, 
we have those experiences and he's I, I, I fully have a testimony that he's always there and I have that because as I as I come back to him and sometimes it does take raging a bit like I've that was something I learned that I didn't expect is that sometimes acknowledging like you said how hard things are and how much they hurt and how challenging sometimes it could be for me to go to church or to you know when AJ was AJ was ill for much of our marriage and um, there were just some really challenging periods for me to feel like I was as loved as everyone else that I saw at church or in different environments, um, even just in the world. And um, But again, every time if I would go back to that place, go back and trust that he was going to be there and that the Lord would would give me the comfort and support, he always did. And, and it was, um, so I feel like it's the fabric of my testimony and it's what's made me, me. All of those challenging experiences definitely have deepened it is this tag team sometimes of just in and out and in and out and um I think that's also totally fine by God (laughs) I think like he's all about us taking the journeys that we need to take to become the kinds of incredible people that we're capable of becoming that he doesn't take that away from us and that he wants us to sometimes rage and sometimes point out how hard it is what he's asked of us to do you know when those things come along I those things I've I've defined my life I think where I have moments and I like this phrase for myself is I don't want life to be this way I don't want this right now I don't want this trial because I've noticed that when I get to the point in my life where that's the thought percolating that's when I need to both acknowledge that that yeah you don't want it remind Heavenly Father of how you feel and then allow him to come in and heal and help and help you work towards the fact that it's happening you know regardless it doesn't say miracles happen and sometimes wonderful things are changed but often we are asked to go through the trials that we've been given and um, the fact that the Savior comes I mean that is the miracle right and walks with us through it but I do think that that is something that has been a hallmark of my experience is just knowing that or, or seeing how he always really does come to that rescue. I do think that our Heavenly Father and uh, our Heavenly Mother, for that matter, like want us to just be genuine with them in our prayers and things like that. And sometimes we're just really frustrated and we're upset <laughs> about the situation and things like that. And, you know, I was talking to someone a little while ago and they sort of, you know, they made the point of saying that you know heavenly father has like really thick skin like he's really patient he's like you can take it yes right you know like we don't need to worry about expressing what's in us and sometimes that's not hey thank you for you know this thing (laughs) that maybe i'll be thankful for down the line right but right now i'm not feeling that great about it right yes just being able to express that i think is important absolutely so you do now have a high schooler I do. <laughs> and one who's younger. Yeah. And so, yeah, how's it how's it been going back to diapers and all of that kind of a thing after kind of a break from it from a while? Yeah, it's it's been shocking to be <laughs> to be fair. Like I, it's been a little bit. It's been amazing, but still, I will wake up in the morning and just, oh my goodness, there's a baby in this house. Like it is, it can be very startling <laughs> sometimes. Agent, you know, sometimes we'll be driving around and. Oh yeah, we've got a baby in the back seat. Like we'll hear him, you know, goo goo guying, and oh my goodness, 
So it's been amazing. It's actually been such a sweet experience watching Jane, as, you know, watching our high schooler connect with this infant. I mean, and something in the hospital when um, she came to visit him, that one of the perks of AJ's job is he was able to smuggle in our teenager during, <laughs> during the COVID bans, right, for visitors. So she came in and got to see him in the hospital. And it was so interesting when she held him in her arms, there was this change that came over that little tiny human. And it was, I, the, for lack of a better word, recognition. Like it just felt like he he had been waiting <laughs> to meet this sister of his, this girl. And I don't know what their relationship will be, but it's already so special and so sweet. I think, which is, I mean, you know, I'm sure most parents see this with their siblings. This, you know, I, it came for me. 14 years later to see Jane get a sibling and it's just been so sweet to see them and see how they connect right in really different stages in their development and in their life but I've loved seeing him just adore the heck out of her and her adoring him it's really it's really sweet so it is a challenge for me it's been a lot of change and I've definitely had um, my ups and downs it's been a very emotional time and I've um <laughs> I'm so it's one of those things where I'm so grateful but I all I'm, it's almost like I'm so grateful I don't quite know how to process it you know I just I didn't I didn't know that this would ever come I didn't know if it would and I actually had come to a point where I was accepting that it wouldn't um literally the month before which I think sometimes Heavenly Father is I think he for in my case I think he wanted me to know that I was enough without this additional piece in my life that that wasn't what made me extraordinary or lovely or worthy was being able to have children. <laughs> and so I finally came to that point and enter sweet baby Calvin. So, um, it's been, but so it's, so transition wise, it's been, it's been good. It's been challenging. I've loved, you know, trying to orchestrate my life around a new baby again they have such different needs than a teenager (laughs) so and are you doing any writing anymore or you have did you ever publish any of your work or yeah how did that all kind of play forward yeah um so I have I'm not yet published I am still working on it and I am still writing I've been writing that's now it's yes it started with Jane so it's been 14 years that I've been really writing with intention. I did my master's when we lived in New Jersey. I um, did a master's of fine arts in creative writing. Well, actually specifically writing for children and young adults, which was awesome. I loved that experience and learned so much. So that kind of, I I really thought that like that was going to be the page turn for me, (laughs) that I would publish, right, days, weeks after that. And I made a ton of networks. I mean, I'm very well networked in the industry and whatnot but um I don't know it just hasn't I think timing is at play which is great because I've actually really enjoyed just working on craft and developing my stories my ideas um every day and again like with this sudden change of events in my life I'm really grateful that I don't have deadlines and demands as of yet but I do really want them in the future I plan to have a career in it and I look forward to that part of my life but yeah it's it hasn't yet happened and and that's okay I'm trying to be okay with it that's another one that I that's what I'll rage about sometimes (laughs) which so be it I'm sure you'll get there yeah. Maybe not in the time that you would want, but you know, certainly in the, in the time that the Lord has in mind there. Right. And it's probably hard to believe, right? But, you know, at some point, you know, Calvin will be an adult. Maybe it's easier to picture Jane as an adult since she's a little closer to it, right? And, yeah. 
they may have kids of their own or, you know, and so on. So just as you maybe think to the future and things like that, are there are there certain things that as you've gone through life that have been really important principles or touchstones that you're hoping to perpetuate, if you will, you know, kind of through future generations, if you were able to, or are there certain things or certain values that have been really important to try and instill in Jane and and now Calvin? Yes. I hope, particularly with Jane, something that's been important and evolving. I think she's been a part of this journey for me. She is... She and I are so amazingly different. And as she's grown up, literally as, I mean, we'd laugh that sometimes we have a three-person marriage because she's just like part of this family dynamic. I mean, it's just the three of us for so long. She really is one of my closest friends in the universe. And she's really good at kind of calling me out on some things. (laughs) She knows a lot of my weaknesses and my challenges in a good way. And she's able to kind of help me grow just like I you know, help her grow. And so one thing I think that's really actually brought us so much closer over the years is learning to apologize, (laughs) recognizing that I am not perfect. I don't need to be perfect as a parent, that she's not perfect as a kid, that that's okay. And that we can try and fail and try again. Um, I hope that that really, (laughs) which my writing life is certainly building towards that legacy. And, And on, I mean, I think our whole life just, this idea of utilizing the atonement is so central to our religion, but also it's been so central to just my survival is that I can, again, I can struggle and suffer and mess up and go back to that place of connection with the Lord, go back to repentance, go back to apologizing to the people I've hurt, to the Lord and move forward. This idea of forward motion. There's a movie that our family loves called Meet the Robinsons. It's kind of a, <laughs> kind of a dorky anyway Disney movie but the tagline is keep moving forward and it's something that I've AJ's quoted to me a thousand times and that we kind of throw around at each other because it's such good advice when life is life and just this idea of we can keep progressing we can keep moving forward we can keep trying and so I would hope that that of of everything that I seek to be as a parent and as a human this idea that like just get up and try again because that's what the Savior died for. It's why it's the whole plan of salvation, right? Is for us to be able to keep um, making progress and keep developing towards these eternal gods and goddesses that we're capable of becoming. I think that's actually a great place for us to end today. So Amy, thanks so much for being a part of this and, and also just being vulnerable and honest in, in this conversation. I think I've certainly have gotten a lot out of it. I always loved you. You know, you're always one of my favorite people in the ward. And I think that's even more so after this conversation. So thank um, you. Thank you again for uh, for being a part of this. And I hope other people use this as an opportunity to get to know you a little bit better as well and, and reach out to you and talk to you more as well. Thank you.